What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but the takes are hot. We've got another Mock Draft Monday coming at you today, 2.0 post-free agency. lot different Mock Draft today. Picks are a lot different. Team needs are a lot different. Teams picking in certain places are different. Uh, super excited to get into this today. Brett, you got any thoughts to lead us off? Yeah, like Brady said, I'm real excited to get this going. Uh, vastly different from our first Mock Draft last week. Uh, a lot of big moves in the past week, which has thrown some things around, has te- different teams picking in different spots, causing for different needs and causing for players to be picked maybe before or after where they were in the previous one. Um, in the past week, we had the Deshaun Watson trade since we recorded our episode three that came out Thursday night. Uh, he was traded for three first round picks, a third round pick and two fourth round picks. So the really only one that affects us in this mock is that first round pick, uh, the 13th overall pick. The Browns gave Houston that pick. So the Browns no longer have a first, and Houston has two with number three and number 13. Yeah, and I think today we're going to kind of aim to not only kind of give some insight to the player that they've – that team has selected, but kind of why they've selected that player at this point and – um, kind of what they kind of just a brief overcap of what they've done in free agency or what maybe what they haven't done. Um, just to kind of give you guys a little more insight as to why they're picking the player, not necessarily why the player, but why that position of need and that kind of thing. So sure. I'll lead us off here and stick with odds and evens just like last time. I'll take the odds. Brett's going to take the evens. Uh, and to start off, a different pick here at number one, not going to be Evan Neal this time. Going to go Aiden Hutchinson at one here for the Jaguars. I feel like they kind of pigeonholed themselves into taking an edge. Uh, they signed Brandon Scherf, guard from the Washington Commanders, to a pretty sizable deal. I want to say a three- or four-year deal. Um, they still have Walker. And a half. That's right. Yeah, it was 15 and a half uh, annual average. Reset the market almost for guards. They still they drafted Walker Little last, last year in the second round, so they've got a right tackle that they like. They've committed at least one more season to Cam Robinson at left tackle. And I don't think that you're justified picking a guy who you're pigeonholing at, at right or left guard at, at one. I don't think that's worth it. You have to take the higher impact edge player. Um, and, and he is a very good player. He's probably tops the board in the top three, top one or two, potentially even. So uh, they pigeoned themselves. They had a great free agency, I thought. Maybe not the best money spending, but they signed good players. So nevertheless, um, always getting good players is a good idea. So Definitely. Uh, so for the second pick, Detroit's on the clock. Nothing changed since last week. Um, it's just the guy we had them taking last week is already gone. Uh, they have a lot of needs. Normally, if you're picking this high, you have a good bit of needs. And I like Kyle Hamilton here. I think Hamilton brings that versatility to the back end of that defense and can really be the guy that they've been looking for for a while now to that defense. Um, but I don't know if Detroit picks here. They could trade. Uh, I could see them trading with Carolina, who has the sixth pick. Carolina wants to have their choice at tackle. Uh, but for the sake of this no-trades mock, I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Yeah, I like the fit there for him. Definitely fits probably one of their big, two biggest needs of edge or, or safety. Uh, I happen to think Kyle Hamilton's the best player in the draft. I planted that flag last week. Haven't moved off of it. Um, Really good pick there for them. And, again, it's they love to trade out. I just don't know if there's anybody who will trade out, um, you know, if Hutchinson's not there. 
But again, Carolina getting a tackle. Jumping from six to two is not that far, so I could see that happening. Um, speaking of tackles, Evan Neal's going to come off the board here at three for the Houston Texans. Uh, a little unorthodox, but considering the two best players on the board are, are, are not there, they seem to be locked in with Laramie Tunsil for a while. So I think Evan Neal is the best right tackle in this class. He's not the best. I've, I've shifted. Brett has helped me see the light that Eki Iquonu is probably the best left tackle in this class. But the versatility that Evan Neal brings to the table is unmatched and playing at a high level at, at probably four different positions across the line. And I think that if they drafted him to be their right tackle in the future, that would be uh, it'd be a really good move for them. They have, they have said that they want to use those picks to build around Davis Mills, at least for now. There's not a quarterback that that's worth taking at three, not one that they would take at three. Uh, so I think Evan Neal here, you're going to build around Davis Mills, get him some help on the up front with the O-line. Uh, it helps you get your best five on the, on the, on the field. I probably going to be a theme on the pod. I've said it before getting your best five on the field is huge. So I think Evan Neal does that for him here. I really like that pick a lot. Having him in Tunsil is really beneficial to Mills' yeah. development in that offense. Yeah. Not, not big spenders in free agency either. They've, they've been kind of quiet as of, as of late, other than the trade for Deshaun Watson, which we can get into, uh, we got kind of talked to the conversation, but, um, you know, they're going to have a lot of picks to spend, so. Yep. All right, we got the number four overall pick, New York Jets' first of two top ten picks that they have this year. And a big need on their board is tackle. And like Brady just said, a guy that I would have had going over first overall if the Jaguars needed a tackle, I'm going to take right here. I think he's the best left tackle in the draft. He was probably one of the three best overall performances at the combine which did nothing but help his stock and i could see him going to the jets and being a day one impact guy along that o-line can always play guard if you need it um, if you want to start him out at guard that's always a possibility uh, but you can't pass up on him yeah i agree i think especially at four i think at four you can justify taking a guy that you don't necessarily have a a spot for immediately the jets have they've spent some decent money in free agency They've gotten – they re-signed Braxton Barrios, so they probably aren't – they're definitely taking a receiver here. But, you know, defensively, they, they made a couple moves. So I think this is probably the best move for them is Aquonu. Interesting situation there. They The front office really likes George Fant, and the front office doesn't really like Mekhi Becton, but Mekhi Becton's kind of a freak. He's a monster. Um, so I think Aquonu could play right tackle, could play left tackle, could play guard. So like you said – Position flexible, it helps him get again best five on the field. Got to do that for Zach Wilson. Uh, gonna stick with that theme here, getting the best five on the field for at pick number five for the New York Giants. Gonna be Charles Cross, Mississippi State left tackle. Uh, I do this because they're they are with uh, you know Evan Neal off the board, Quinn off the board. They still need to tackle. Hutchins is off the board, and there's only been one edge taken you're guaranteed an edge at seven at this point being Thibodeau Walker or Jermaine Johnson. Yep. And I don't think Carolina takes an edge. They have Brian Burns. I don't know if they have so many other needs that they're not going to take an edge at six. I don't think. So I think you take Charles cross here. You can either play him at left tackle or play him at try him at right tackle. If you want to play him at left tackle, you can also allow Andrew Thomas to go to right tackle where he may be a little more comfortable not having to set maybe as wide as some of these edge rushers. Um, 
usually coming off the left side, but you know, we'll see. Uh, but I think this would be a really good pick. I think this is what they would do too. build the line for the quarterback next year, whether that's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, you've got to get a solid foundational line. Uh, if you take, they take cross here, they set a tackle for years to come. So I think this is probably, probably the direction they go in. Does definitely make sense there, especially that they can take a edge at seven, like you said. Um, well, the team that is between the Giants' two picks here at number six, I'm going to go with the first quarterback in this year's draft. Getting spicy. Yeah, we're definitely getting spicy here. I think <laughs> I'm going to go with Malik Willis who is a quarterback out of Liberty University. And I think that him sitting a year in that offense won't be as beneficial as to him sitting a year in another offense. But Carolina gets their pick at quarterbacks having the sixth pick. And while I think they could trade and probably won't be picking at six, whether that be trading up or trading down, I think Willis is probably their guy. And I think – that Matt Rule's job is probably safe for an extra year just because they get that year with Willis. They haven't seen what he can do for that offense. And that could be a very nice offense with him developing the way he should with DJ Moore, McCaffrey, probably a better line by that time he plays. So that could be definitely something to look forward to for Panthers fans. Yeah, I think they've, I mean, he's not playing this year, like you said. He's a developmental guy, but, uh, you know, it's a bad board for them. Like you said, it, you know, Malik Willis, I, I really could see him going this direction. Um, it kind of may come down, like you said, to who gets final say, because if Matt Rules have having this pick here, he's taking a quarterback to save his job. So um, get, definitely getting a little spicy with the quarterback here. I like it, though. A little bit of spice is never a bad thing. Potentially a hot take from the cold seat. We'd love to see it. So I'm up here with the Giants again at seven. Like I said, they're guaranteed an edge. They get the edge they want. Best player available. I'm tired of this. He doesn't love football narrative. It's BS. Kayvon Thibodeau, best player on the board, coming off here at seven. Uh, this is a home run pick. If I'm a Giants fan, uh, you know, I come away at five and seven with Charles Cross and Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm jumping for joy. That's a great. That's a great draft class off the rip. I think Kayvon Thibodeau still has the highest upside of any pass rusher in this class. The athletic profile is crazy. As good as Trevon Walker's is, Kayvon Thibodeau's might be better uh, just because of the pass rush upside he has. And, uh, you know, just it, cornerstone players, you can never run enough of them. So I think uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is what I would do, but it's also the direction that the New York Giants would absolutely take here if they were on the board. This was their board. I agree. I like him a lot. Uh, maybe more than Hutchinson, but we'll see. I, I, I'm with you there. Maybe this might be a little, a little hot take from the cold seat. I, I like Thibodeau more than Hutchinson. I just know teams prefer Hutchinson. But yeah. Thibodeau's got the higher upside, I think, no doubt. Definitely. Um, so at number eight, could go a lot of different ways here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, they could go edge, receiver. Marcus Mariota is their quarterback now. Uh, Matt Ryan was just traded. So they could go a lot of different directions here and even trading their pick. Um, but we're not trading, so I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson, who 
will instantly help that offense. I mean, they have no receivers. Calvin Ridley suspended for a year. Julio's been gone. He's now a free agent, but he's not going back to Atlanta. Russell Gage is a free agent. They really don't have anyone. Um, and they need pass catchers for regardless who's going to be the quarterback there, even if it's Mariota. They need pass catchers, and I think Garrett gives them just that and gives them a guy that plays bigger than he is. So you have your choice at receiver here and going with Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I really like it. Wide receiver market has dried up. In fact, I, Russell Gage, actually, I remember he got signed a couple of days ago to go to Tampa Bay. Um, okay. You know, Julio's not coming back. I think Odell's back in, in Los Angeles with the Rams. So it feels like they kind of have to take a receiver here. Um, they signed Marcus Mariota today. In fact, his contract details just came out. It's two years, $18.75 million. You feel like they got to get a receiver for him. They have to get him some help. Um, yep. So I think Garrett's wide receiver one. We I think we both are on the same page there. He's best. He's the best separated in the class. He's the best. I think he's just the best receiver. He's got great speed. He's just a natural athlete. Uh, we're up in the five one two, of course. So I like to pick here at eight for for uh, Atlantic and Garrett Wilson. You got the Seahawks picking at number nine here. Recently traded pick. Of course, we had him last week on the mock, picking at nine. Uh, we got that. We fit it. We fit that in there. But relatively new picker at uh, number nine here. And I'm going to go Trevon Walker, the edge from Georgia. I don't think he's the best edge available, but I think teams will view him as such, considering he has a freakish athletic profile. Uh, you know, he tested similarly comparative-wise to Miles Garrett, which is absolutely crazy. Um, so I think they're going to like his upside. My question with Trevon Walker, though, is what does the pass rush – plan look like for him going forward he doesn't really have one right. um he's he's said he's been very candid he's he said he needs to work on it and in interviews this offseason he has he said he's studying a lot of tape um which is great to great to hear um but i think edge here for seattle i mean it's it's a need they haven't filled they've been chasing an edge for years now they haven't gotten one uh i mean they signed they signed a chenna nuosu my guy from from the chargers i love chenna i don't know if He's an edge one, and I also think that Tremon Walker has versatility to play across the entire D-line, so I think it's probably the pick for them there. They could go receiver. Don't think they – it's kind of a luxury. I don't think they need to, um, so I like Trevon Walker here. Again, fits their needs for what they've done in free agency too. So. Yep, I like that. I think Trayvon and the guy I'm about to take are pretty similarly ranked, and they've both been climbing up the boards recently. Um, so with the 10th pick, the New York Jets, they could go a lot of different ways here. All the corners are still on the board. They have their pick of the rest of the safeties, even though it's probably not the best spot for a safety. Um, and they also have multiple edges to choose from, even though the top three are gone. Um, so I'm going to go with an edge and Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Uh, initially was at Georgia, transferred to Florida State, and really produced well this year. We mentioned last week at the senior bowl, he dominated that he didn't even, he left before the final day. Um, I like Jermaine because Robert Sala, the head coach, was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers previously. And I think Sala could really develop Jermaine Johnson as he did all those guys back in San Francisco. So I like the pick here and it addresses a position of need. So we're going to go with that. 
Yeah, Jermaine Johnson might be one of my favorite guys in this class. I love his game. I watched a lot of his tape early on after the Senior Bowl, back when I thought we made it an edge and he might be there at 17. He certainly won't be. <laughs> this guy is a, a freak of nature. He's a monster. Um, incredible run defender. I think that gets un- it's understated for him. He's a great run defender. His tape against Ikki Okonu is actually really good. Um, like I said, one of my fa- just one of my favorite guys in the draft. I can absolutely respect the move of just you know piecing out from this from the senior bowl because you dominated so much i love that uh just love the love the player though i I really like the fit in new york too fits a need definitely the the direction they would go there uh got washington commanders here at 11 i got that right i messed that up last week i got it right this week uh they traded for carson wentz as we spoke about prior on the pod uh they need a receiver now apparently brett you just sent me this tweet earlier today that Washington's putting out feelers for a Terry McLaurin trade. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how legit it is. Um, Yeah. I don't know if this guy's legit or not, but um, I mean, why you trade him right now? I don't know. Right. That definitely tells me they're taking a receiver at 11 and considering Carson Wentz, uh, you know, what he, rather can't do on the football field these days is, you know, lead a receiver and throw a receiver open. So I'm going to take Drake London here for them at 11. Wide receiver at USC would have been the runaway favorite to win the Blitnikoff if he hadn't broken his ankle to end the season in the middle of the year. He would have broken, you know, I don't know about USC records, but he'd have had some crazy, crazy stats this year. Um, I think he's Michael Pittman 2.0 in a way. I really, really, at least for Carson Wentz. Um, I, they're both receivers at a USC, both big bodies go up and get the ball, possession type receivers, uh, both pretty good after the catch for being as big as they are. So uh, Drake London should be the far and away pick here. Maybe not the best player on the board. Um, I think he's wide receiver two. So you're you know, picking him after wide receiver one. So I think uh, it's a good value here. It's not like it's they're reaching for anything like that. Uh, Drake London's a high quality player. Uh, at a position of clear need for them now. So, all right, the twelfth overall pick, the Minnesota Vikings have that pick, and they got to be loving this board right here. Um, they have their choice of whatever corner they want, and that is definitely, I think, the route that they're going to go here. I'm going to go give them Derek Stingley Jr., who is the corner out of LSU. Uh, probably would be a lock for corner one if he didn't have health issues and he probably would be gone. Um, and I like his fit in Minnesota, especially with Harrison Smith on the back end. I feel like that will benefit Stingley and his development in that defense. Um, but it's just a great fit and they need a corner. So I'm going to give them Stingley. Yeah, I really like Stingley. I mean, I, I don't think it's talked about enough maybe some of the most dominant corner tape over a course of a season ever. And he did it at 18 years old at LSU playing against Alabama, played Ohio state, played Clemson. He played the best of the best in college football that year and absolutely freaking dominated. So I think that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, I'm not saying he's as good as sauce Gardner right now. He's definitely not a safer pick. The lens Frank injury is scary. Um, 
I know it's something that guys can come back from. I don't think there's an injury that guys really can't come back from in terms of a, a bone or a ligament. Um, but man, it's, it's, it's a little scary, but again, the upside is potentially number one player in the class upside. Um, there's not a lot of guys who have a higher ceiling than, than Derek Stingley. I don't think so. I like the pick here for Minnesota. It fills an immediate need for them. Uh, so it's, it, you know, pick good draft, good players. I say that all the time, draft good players. So Minnesota does that here. I like the pick a lot. Going to come around here at 13 with the Houston Texans, newly acquired pick in the Deshaun Watson trade, sending him to the Cleveland Browns for just a bevy of picks. Uh, three first rounders is kind of the headliner there. Um, Going to take a mod sauce gardener. I know you're maybe a little upset because he's off the board for the, for the, for the Ravens here, but I do think sauce is probably the best player on this board at this point, him or Tyler Linderbaum. I don't think the Texans are in a place to take a, an IOL. So uh, Sauce Gardner, again, probably the best defensive player on the – no, he not is. He probably he is the best defensive player on the board here. Um, lockdown corner, it helps – it essentially gives them a matchup for each one – the wide receiver ones in that conference, conference – well, in the conference and in the division now. Um, again, they, they would love it if he fell to him at 13. I don't know if he will. Again, that's just kind of the way the board fell today for us. Um, that's the beauty of this draft class is that – you know, in this top top 15, you could say, oh, guy's going to go at eight. And I go, I believe you. Like, in terms of value, um, it's a great, great class at the top in terms of parity, I guess you could say, uh, of where guys could get picked. So, uh, Sauce Gardner here for the Texans. Phil's any, they didn't really sign any corners. Noteworthy in the agency. Secondary so. then. Yeah. They lost Justin Reed, too. So, got to get some help in the back end. Uh, really like Sauce Gardner for him. Yeah, I love that pick for them. Like like you said, that pick came over from the Browns, and I feel like that's got to be the pick if he's on the board there. Um, I think he's a top three, four player in this class. Yeah, I agree, um, 100%. Right up there with Kyle Hamilton and who I'm going to give the Ravens here at 14, Tyler Linderbaum. I think Linderbaum does his job on the football field better than anyone in this class. Um, I never like taking – a center this early, but I feel like he is deserving of the pick just because of the huge need that the Ravens have at center. Uh, if they don't get a center, really only one center left in this class of free agents, then I feel like this has to be the pick here. Um, you got to fix the O-line. Lamar's at his best. I mean, it's a given, but Lamar, I feel like more than other quarterbacks is at his best when the O-line is too. And with a lot of injuries from the past year and the uncertainty across really the entire offensive line other than right guard. You need someone that can lock down that middle of the O-line, help the guys around him, and hopefully be the center for the next decade or so. So I'm going to go with Linderbaum. Uh, I like to pick a lot. I feel like it's the safest pick for the Ravens that they can make in this whole draft, regardless of who's on the board. Um, and I like him and how he'll, he could develop in this offense. Agreed. I think, uh, like you said, it may not be a guy who does his job on the football field better than Tyler Linderbaum in this class. I really do think he's a top five football player in the draft. Um, keep saying it. I'm going to be redundant. Draft good football players. This is this is the Ravens doing and That's what the Ravens always do. They always seem to get a guy who just is really there. It's it's great value wherever they're picking. It's a guy who's, you know, say a top 30 value if they're picking at 50 or um, you know, things of that nature. So 
Linderbaum really going to come in. I think he would be an all pro center potentially from the get go. I think his comparison to Corey Lindsley, the Chargers center is a phenomenal comparison. I like that player comp a lot in terms of a little bit of an undersized center who just dominant physical in the run game, really smart player in the past game. So love that pick for you guys at 14, probably fills what's likely the biggest thing on the team right now is, is, an, is a center or just interior offensive line. So yep. um, really love the fit there. Maybe one of my favorite player prospect fits in this, in this mock we did today so far. Um, got the Eagles here at 15. I think they're going to make this pick. They've got two other ones they may not make. Um, but as of right now, there's again, no trades. So they're going to make the, all their picks here. First one here is going to go Jamison Williams, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, nobody's worried about the ACL, I don't think. ACL recovery is routine. Eagles need another receiver. I think he compliments uh, former Alabama receiver Devontae Smith incredibly well. Uh, seeing that Smitty, Smitty's a separator. That's all he – not all he is, but that, that's what his game is at, at the root of it. And I think you get a deep speed guy like him, like Jamo. I mean, a guy, guy may have unofficially broken a combine record with those times this year for those receivers. So he may have, uh, he, yeah. he's, he's a sub four, three guy in the 40, really, really fast, uh, really twitchy. He could take any ball, any catch. He could take it to the house from wherever on he is in the field. So um, a true vertical threat for Jalen Hurts, another weapon for that offense. Um, just fits the offense well, like the fit, uh, you know, again, like I said, really fits Devontae Smith well. I like that pick a lot, and the Eagles have another pick here, back-to-back at 16 as well. Uh, this is probably the most likely pick to be traded in the entire first round, in my opinion, just because there's really no reason to pick back-to-back, and I don't think they're going to trade 15 because they're not going to trade with the team to jump their own pick unless the compensation was a good bit different. Um, so I think this pick's going to be traded, but I think – since we're not trading picks, we are going to go with probably their biggest need and Andrew Booth Jr., who is a corner out of the University of Clemson. I like the fit here in this defense, and he has that corner one upside in a defense that needs that. And Slay's getting up there in age, can still be a good corner two, but they really need that corner one um, no matter who they're playing. So. I like Booth there, and I think he'll help them a lot in that defense. Be interesting to see what his medicals come out at here in the, in the next month or so before the draft. Um, this guy just had core muscle surgery. He sat out the combine due to a quad injury. I think it's a medical red flag. The Eagles have never really shied away from that, though. Yeah, um, it'd be bold of them to take two guys with injury with immediate injuries that probably aren't going to play week one. But again, James Williams, the ACL is not an issue booth. It could just be, you know, a freak, a freak core injury and he, and he overstretches quad one day and it just happened to happen back to back for him. So, but the, uh, yeah, booth has CB one upside. I think he's got top 10, top 10 player upside in this class. Um, really ball productive at Clemson, uh, you know, did, did his job really, really well for them. So I like that. I like the fit there a lot, and I like the pick there a lot for for Philly. I think that's exactly what they would do if they were. If this is the board they were given. I think that's that's highly likely that that's the pick if they stick and pick at sixteen. I got the Chargers here at seventeen. I'm loving the position that they're in right now because they 
have essentially opened the door for themselves via free agency to do whatever they so please at this pick. Uh, with this board, there's not like a screaming number one player who's like, man, you got to take just he's just the value is incredible. Best player on the board, no doubt. Nobody's fallen in this draft so far like that. Um, if we were doing trades, this would be a trade back spot for me, I think. Potentially going to get a quarterback or a team going to get Trevor Penning. Potentially still on the board here. Uh, team maybe want to get a receiver ahead of New Orleans or ahead of Philly. Uh, I mean, if they want to take another receiver or even ahead of, of New England, potentially taking a receiver. Um, but I'm mean, going to sticking and picking here. We're not, no, no, no trades in this mock. Uh, Tom Telesco, the GM, and the head coach, Brandon Staley, have both said multiple times this offseason they'd like to add speed to the offense, and they've yet to make a single offense. Actually, I take that back. They made one, they've made one offensive signing this offseason so far, and it was a tight end, Gerald Everett, yesterday. Um, on Sunday. So I think the pick here would be Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Really, really fast receiver, deep threat, a true deep threat for that offense. Um, a really good separator. I think he's an underrated separator. I think he's a, a very crisp route runner. Um, I hate to say this, but I will. Potential Keenan Allen replacement in a couple of years. Just looking at Keenan's contract, looking at the state of the roster in maybe two or three years when his contract's up, may not be back with the team. I, you know, I'd hate to see it. Keenan's probably the best receiver in Chargers history so far. Um, so I would hate to see him part with the team. But, again, I'm being realistic here. That might happen. I think Chris Olave – I saw a Twitter meme when <laughs> after Chris Olave ran that unofficial 426. And someone said Chris Olave is just Keenan Allen with all the Infinity Stones. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, but no, he's he's a really good receiver, really good route runner, really good separator. I think getting Justin Herbert another weapon would be just the, the arms race is going in the AFC West. You might as well load up and get Justin Herbert a guy who could just uncork the deep ball. I mean, just imagine a Justin Herbert deep ball to Chris Olave. It'd just be so pretty. As long as you get J Gus Johnson on the call with the classic, like the Chris Olave call on there will be just epic yeah. so but yeah chris olave here it makes a lot of sense you agree a receiver would be a good pick there if they're not trading back yep and the 18th pick we have the new orleans saints on the clock and the overall top free agent this entire year is the former saints left tackle in Teron armstead he's gonna get big money wherever he goes right now it looks like miami the Dolphins is where he's going to go. Um, but New Orleans needs to replace him. Um, it looks like Winston's going to be their quarterback next year. And they have a really good O-line. I mean, across the O-line, they have Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy. They have Ryan Ramchek at right tackle. And opposite of him at left tackle, I'm going to take Trevor Penning. Uh, we talked about him a good bit last week with him going to the Titans in last week's mock. But I feel like New Orleans is a good spot. And, I mean, it's really just a need-based pick here for New Orleans. And I'm not going with a wideout because they don't normally draft wideouts early. So I'm going to go with the safe pick and the one that fills a need in Trevor Penning. Yeah, I like, I like the fit there. Um, definitely need a tackle to replace Armstead. He's probably going to be in Miami. So a good pick here for them. But the Eagles are back on the clock here at 19. I'm going to try not to ramble with this pick. I know I just did with the Chargers. I tend to do that when I'm talking about the Chargers. So apologies to anyone listening that doesn't really care. 
I get it. Uh, gonna go David Ojabo here. Stop the fall post Achilles tear for Ojabo. I think a team that has multiple firsts is apt to take a chance on him. Um, and I think Philly's that team. They could use a developmental edge. They they're a team that can afford to redshirt him per se and have him sit set out in basically an entire year. There's no rush for him to get on the field for them. Um, so I think David Ojabo it fits their needs. If it's the upside they want, it fits what the team can do in terms of time-wise. They're not in a position to contend this year. They have a year to wait. Um, so I think this is a, a pick they can afford and a pick that I think they would gladly make at 19 because the upside there is crazy. I feel like that, like you said, they can afford to make that pick. And I feel like him going there with Barnett probably leaving and Cox is going to be gone. I feel like he could really take command of that D-line and hopefully be the guy – there off the edge in Philly for time to come. Um, So for the 20th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers got their selection. Um, This is one of only six selections they have in this draft, I believe. And they have a good bit of needs. Um, Quarterback being one of them, still uncertainty there, whether they sign a free agent like Jimmy Garoppolo or they can draft one Now, we only have one quarterback off the board, Malik Willis. I know the Steelers were heavily linked to Willis, and that's probably the type of quarterback that they want. Therefore, I don't have them taking a quarterback here just because, like I just said, they don't really want a quarterback, I believe, like the ones that are still on the board. And so I'm going to go with, according to the combine, the strongest player in this class and a guy that has a lot of flexibility on the offensive line can really play center or either guard position. And I think he has, he could be a pro bowl in his first couple pro bowler in his first couple years in the NFL. I'm going to take Zion Johnson. He primarily played guard in Boston college, but at the senior bowl, he had a good bit of center and right guard reps as well to show off his versatility. And I'm going to go with him here because the Steelers need that offensive lineman. Uh, they're, O-line's getting up there in age, and they could really use a guy to kind of get them going for the next decade or so and really help build that O-line back up to where it was a few years ago. Yeah, I'm with you there, uh, especially if you're going to be breaking a new quarterback, probably maybe Mitch Trubisky. Wouldn't hurt to get an O-lineman here and get him some protection. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't hurt Najee Harris as well. Uh, wouldn't mind having another guard for him to run behind, especially a guy like as a guy like Zion Johnson, absolute mauler in the run game. So I'm a big fan of that pick there for uh, for Pittsburgh. Now, as much as it pains you to give him a good player, um, really good pick there for them. I got the New England Patriots here at 21. Not a historically great team drafting in the first round. I'm gonna give a little spicy pick here, hot take from the cold seat. I got Kyra Lam going 21 here over Trent McDuffie. Uh, All right. Pats lose J.C. Jackson in free agency to the Chargers. Corner becomes an immediate number one need for them. They did not fill it in free agency. Uh, at least with anybody notable, I don't believe. Um, so I think the pick here is Alam over McDuffie for just simply one reason only, and that Alam is a better pure coverage corner. Uh, I don't – I hate his tackling ability. I hate it. Tackling is not, but, a, not ideal. But I think – Bill Belichick and his defensive prowess can coach that up 
that's something you can coach. I don't know if you can coach the innate ability he has to stick in a receiver's hip pocket and just right. be on him like glue. So I think that's – and they also need a number one corner. They need an outside guy. I think Kyle Lam has a higher upside than Trent McDuffie. McDuffie's going to be a really good pro, I think. Don't think he's an all-pro. He's a fringe pro bowler in my in my eyes. Again, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But when you need a number one corner, I think you got to go with the guy with the higher upside. Again, bet on the bet on the fact that maybe the greatest head coach of all time can coach a guy up to tackle. So going to go Kyrie Lam here. Um, his tape and coverage is beautiful. So taking the pick here, bit of a hot take, but I'm with it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not too fond of guys with the last name Alam just because the Ravens yeah. drafted his older brother also out of Florida, Matt Alam. He was their first pick in 2013, and he's probably the biggest bust that the Ravens have ever drafted. Um, so I'm just not yeah. too fond of that family, you can say. Um, yeah. So if, if you guys listened last week and heard us talk about the 22nd pick, we were not talking about the Green Bay Packers. We were talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, this pick is no longer the Las Vegas Raiders. In case you missed it, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders acquired Devontae Adams, who I believe is the best wide receiver in the league, for a first and second round pick. So now the Packers have gained the draft capital and will be picking at 22 here. Um, Devontae Adams was actually offered more money by Green Bay. We found out a day or so after the deal and that he turned it down to go play with Derek Carr, who was the quarterback of the Raiders, who played with him in college. Um, he said it was always a dream of his to play with Carr, play with the Raiders. So I guess a dream comes true to play with the Vegas Raiders, which I don't know how good of a dream that is. but um, Definitely not a dream for anybody. That is, yeah. hor- that is horrible. Would not be my just, dream. Absolutely not. I hate the yeah. Raiders. Sorry yeah, for any Raiders fans out there. That's that's just the worst. This this trade fine. made me so. I was so upset when I saw this trade. I was just <laughs> just I was just like I was just upset. I was just sad. I was like, man, everybody's got to load up like this now. Come on, I can't just yeah. enjoy my generational quarterback in peace. Russell Wilson had to start this domino effect in the in the AFC West. I'm I'm I was upset. Yeah, it like you can tell I'm not over it. Yeah, it seemed. It seemed like the Raiders were punting, but then they, they re-signed Crosby, they go get Chandler Jones, and then they trade for the best receiver in the league, and they're all in right with the rest of the division. So it'll be interesting to yep. see how that pans out for them this year. Um, he's making 28 uh, and a quarter annually on his new deal, which makes him the highest paid receiver in the league. So definitely a filled need there in Vegas, which also opens a hole in Green Bay. Um, with Rodgers signing his deal and Devontae Adams no longer on that franchise tag. The Packers have a good bit of money to work with, and we'll see what they do the rest of free agency here. But wide receiver is probably their top need now. Um, Their top three receivers from last year are not under contract right now with the team. So I'm going to go with who I think is the best receiver available here and could do a lot for that offense. And Traylon Burks, he is the wide receiver out of University of Arkansas, uh, really big guy, kind of, I thought, underperformed at the combine and kind of hurt his stock a little bit. He could have been the first or second receiver taken, but after the combine, he's probably going to be the fourth, maybe fifth guy taken. Um, a lot of people are saying he could be a bigger Debo Samuel and kind of have that role. Um, 
I don't think he has a role quite like that in Green Bay's offense. They do have Amari Rodgers from last year. Amari uh, Rodgers does have that special team flexibility as well. But giving Aaron Rodgers, Amari Rodgers, and Traylon Burks as he loses his buddy, Devontae Adams, I think will be really beneficial to Rodgers for however long he decides to keep playing. Yeah, I like Traylon Burks there a lot. You're right. He's the best receiver on the board here for them. There's not a better receiver on the board. I think it fits that. I I just I can't imagine what Aaron Rodgers could do with Traylon Burks on the field. It's absolutely crazy. So uh, really enjoy the pick there for the Packers. I like the fit. I like the team. Uh, you know the need. Uh, it's probably what they will do if that's if that's the board they get. So. Um, Back on the board here at 23 with the Arizona Cardinals, a player I just talked about coming off the board here, Trent McDuffie. Um, again, Trent McDuffie is a great football player. Don't know if he's anything special in the NFL, but uh, other than more than just a very uh, high-quality starter uh, for a long time, great pro, but I, I don't think he's got the all-pro upside being at, you know, a little bit smaller, a little shorter arms, but uh, definitely feels a need here for, for Arizona, a team that has been – fairly inactive in free agency, um, letting a lot of their own walk and making some kind of some head scratching re-signs. They re-signed Jeff Glad. They get bringing Jeff Gladney, which I thought was a, a good move for them, but that does not solve their corner, their corner issue. Uh, Trent McDuffie can kind of play anywhere. You know, play, probably, probably fits in the slot in the NFL. If I really think about it, he has the potential to play outside. It's just the size is kind of a concern, but uh, again, fills a need here for them getting a good football player. So I, I think this is this should be the pick for Arizona, and it probably will be. Yep. I think that's a great pick there for them and really the pick that it needs to be. Um, so we move on, and we have the Dallas Cowboys here at 24 overall. Cowboys could go a lot of directions. They don't always go the direction they should early in the draft. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy who I think will – help that offense a lot. It'll help Dak stay healthy. In an offensive lineman, the versatile offensive lineman out of Texas A&M, Kenyon Green, another guy who kind of hurt his stock in the combine, didn't really perform as well, had a couple mishaps in the on-field drills. Um, but Kenyon Green from Texas, staying at home, traveling a little bit up north to Dallas, I think will be really beneficial to that line. And it allows you, like you've been saying, to get the best five guys on the field with all that positional flexibility because um, he can play either guard or tackle, probably right tackle or either guard spot. But in Dallas, it's going to be guard. He's going to be playing guard unless a tackle goes down, which I was thinking about taking Karloftis here, the edge out of Purdue, but the need is – undeniable here with the Cowboys taking Kenyon Green. Yeah, I think Kenyon Green is not a right tackle, not a left tackle. He has – I texted you this other night. It was late, but I texted you this other night, that, and we talked about it uh, a little bit. It was Kenyon Green's not – he's not a starting tackle in the NFL, I don't think. He's a guard that has emergency tackle flexibility. Say you got to go down mid game and you need someone to kick outside or, you know, say you're sitting there in week 15 and your tackle gets, he gets COVID or, you know, he, he 
pulls a hammy and he's out for a week or, or, you know, whatever it is, you need a guy, a quick fix for a week or two weeks, whatever it is, he can be serviceable. I just don't think he's comfortable enough at tackle, if that makes sense. I mean, you watch the first game of him playing. He's supposed to start at right tackle for AM this year. He plays the first game against Colorado and it was ugly. I mean, I'm not going to say he's the reason, but his misassignment is ended up was the, was the play. They got Haynes King hurt and took him out for the year. Not to say that he couldn't have had another injury later on, but uh, it was evident to me why they moved him off of right tackle fairly quickly and put him back at guard. Um, but I think he has really high upside at guard. I think you're right. So I like to the pick there. Got Jordan Davis coming off the board here at 25 to the Buffalo Bills. This should be no surprise. Taking an IDL. This is the Bills MO every single year. Okay. Draft a defensive lineman. I hate this because he's so good and he's going to the Bills and the Bills just keep getting better. Um, but this should be a slam dunk pick for the Bills. This should not even be – they should have to think about it just like I did. I'd have to think about taking him for here. I knew he was on the board. I said his name before the team because I knew that's, that's how confident I was. I wanted this pick here for him. Uh, it fits what they need. They seem to always need D linemen for some reason. They seem like they draft one every year, but they still need them. Come yeah, draft it's, time. it's kind of confusing. Um, maybe it's because, I mean, they do have a, a, uh, a well-rounded roster, but uh, Jordan Davis, I mean, best player available here. Uh, fit, fits a need, fits a, wow, this defense is dominant now. So uh, slam dunk, home run. Touchdown, whatever you want to compare it to in, in sports, that's what this pick is for the Bills. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, last year, they were first in the NFL in pass defense. Jordan Davis could maybe single-handedly get them first in the NFL in run defense as well. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it seems like every year the Bills take a D lineman in the first two rounds, regardless. I mean, it started with Ed Oliver, uh, A.J. Epinesa. They took Boogie Basham. Gregory Rousseau last year. I mean, really just loading up, have a really solid young group along that defensive line, and Jordan Davis should just add to it. Um, with the number 26 overall pick, the Tennessee Titans have their first selection in the draft. They could also go a lot of ways here. Um, Julio is no longer going to be a Titan. So outside of A.J. Brown, they don't have really any receivers. Uh, that could always change here in the coming days and weeks as there are still free agents available. And there could always be cuts that happen. But as of now, they really only have one receiver. They have a tight end. But I think they're going to go linebacker here. They did reside Harold Landry, we mentioned, I think, on episode two. Yep, and sounds right. I'm going to go with Nicobe Dean here. Um I'm going with him really because I think his coverage ability is better than Devin Lloyd, who is the other highly touted linebacker. And I think Dean fills that need and will really help that defense as they try to get better and get younger. So back-to-back Georgia guys coming off the board here. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, Kobe Dean – Devin Lloyd's probably the better linebacker on the board here, but I think you hit the nail on the head. It just Dean fits what they need better. Lloyd is kind of a hybrid 
pass rush line, pass rush or a linebacker has pass rush ability, which is essentially what they have Harold Landry for. So I think Nicobe Dean fits the defense better. And I, again, his coverage ability is great. So really like the pick there. I think Mike Vrabel would love him. So uh, great pick there for Tennessee. And again, I could, I could absolutely see them doing that one, uh, you know, come April 28th. Got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here at 27. Talked about this on the pod the other day. Tom Brady unretires. Um, you know, it's uh, shocking to say the least. And um, <laughs> they could kind of go any kind of a different way here. This board's kind of strange for them. But I think I'm going to go Tyler Smith, the tackle guard prospect out of Tulsa. Uh, he's not a household name by any means. He shot up boards lately. He He's tested well, uh, you know, at the combine. He tested well uh, there. I think he'll test well at his pro day. He's got good tape. It's just not against elite talent. But, again, he is against final boards. I think they need an offensive lineman. Uh, Tom probably needs it. If Tom's come out of retirement, he's going to need more help on the offensive line. So they couldn't get – they lost A.J. Kappa. Tyler Smith here, guard flex, guard tackle flexibility, I think gets the best five on the field. I like that pick a lot. There's a guy that not a lot of people are talking about being a first-rounder. Probably goes before – or should I say probably goes in the top 50 picks. But I could definitely see him being a first-rounder. He's going up boards, like you said. Um, so the 28th pick, the Green Bay Packers have their second selection, and this is their own pick. Uh, probably their biggest need. They just lost to Darius Smith, who has not signed with anyone but could sign with someone very soon, um, is edge. And I think the best edge on the board here is George Karloftis, like I mentioned earlier. The edge rusher out of Purdue, I think he feels that need for them across from Preston Smith, and it stops his fall as he could go maybe in the early teens and he has high upside. Um, I think he's stout. And if his pass rush gets a good bit better, I think he could really be an impressive guy for Green Bay on that defense. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, George Karloftis' game, actually. I, I don't think he's necessarily this bendy pass rusher, but I think he's just a really good football player. I think he's a really good defensive lineman. I think he's multiple across the front. Uh I don't think he's some Von Miller crazy bend around the edge type pass rusher, but he gets to the quarterback, and however you get it done, you get it done. I'm not going to ask you to do it one way or another as long as you get to the quarterback, get the quarterback. So, uh, like Carl Loftus there, um, I think I mentioned it last week on the mock draft. He got the Aiden Hutchins treatment a few times, meaning he got triple teamed a lot at Purdue because they didn't really have anybody across from him. So, he got a lot of attention, hurt his sack numbers this year in his last year at Purdue. So I think a guy who's going he probably will fall in the draft and a team's going to get a steal for him, I think, late in the first round. And Green Bay's taking advantage of that right here. Another guy here at 29 who I think is – is I'm trying to find the right word for, for this guy that I'm going to take here for the, for the Dolphins. I don't want to call this a steal because it's probably not, but in terms of upside and talent, it definitely is. George Pickens out of Georgia – I try to. It, it, I have a hard time putting, kind of putting, a, putting my finger on what, how to label this guy, how to grade this guy as a prospect. Um, I mean, you watch his tape from his freshman year at Georgia, and he was the entire offense. So 
it's impressive that he came in as a freshman into that. He's had some injury history. It's it's unfortunate timing wise. It's not like he's injury prone. I think he's had some untimely injuries. Um, I think he is just he's got crazy high upside. He can come in and be a, a potential number one for receiver for Miami at receiver across from across from Waddle and have basically two wide receiver ones on that offense. I think he complements Waddle really well. He's kind of a separator on the outside, you know, whereas Waddle's more of a speed guy. So I really like the pick here for them. I think they have to get to some more weapons. And again, it's hard to put my finger on George Pickens's kind of prospect profile just because there's there's so much unknown there, I guess, for health and what he looks like playing right now. Because we really haven't seen him play. He he did play in the Natty and he had a he had a phenomenal catch, but it's like at that point in the season he was he came back so late that it was hard to get him integrated in the offense real well. Right. Um. But I like George Pickens here for them, and I think he's a he's just a super talented player. I do, yeah. Um, wish he could stay healthy. You say that about a lot of guys, but it really could have been fun to see what he could do in that offense this past season. Also changes um, from last week because – sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I forgot, I forgot to mention this because we had Raymond here on here last week, didn't we, I think? Um, they're going to sign Tron Armstead, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the news been today. So I just – I forgot to mention that, that why this isn't a tackle is because they're likely going to sign Tron Armstead, so – I like that pick, yeah, and if they get Armstead, that offense is looking a lot better than it did last year. Um, a guy that I'm going to go with at the 30th pick here, we got our final three picks for y'all. The Kansas City Chiefs got the 30th pick, and I'm going to take a guy that I took last week just because it addresses a need um, that they now have in safety. Uh, they signed Jordan Reed, but that's really all that they have on the back end there, and with a versatile safety like Daxton Hill out of Michigan, I think that'll help their defense and help their corners a lot. Um, so I'm going to take Daxton Hill there, but pairing him with Justin Reed should pay dividends for that defense and hopefully give Daniel Sorensen a lesser role in coverage. That may be, maybe a kick to the door potentially. That guy's It might be, yeah. Putting it nicely, that guy is a not very good football player at times. Yep. Keep it keep it calm here, um, but no, they got to get better in the back end. I think they lost. I mean, they lost. I don't think I know they lost Javarius Ward uh, to free agency, and they believe he's with the Niners now. And they lost. They're going to lose Matthew whenever he goes and signs somewhere else. So, uh, especially with the way the division looks offensively now, they've got to get better on the on the back end. Uh, you got the Bengals here at thirty one. No offensive lineman here, and I actually don't think they're going to take one anymore. They just signed Lyle Collins. Uh, they've got Jonah Williams, who I'm not a huge fan of, but he was serviceable last year. you got to give him some time. He's young. So I think their O-line is, for the most part, short up here. I think they would have liked to see a guy like Zion Johnson fall here that has center flexibility to take him there. But there's no there's no center worth taking here for them. So I'm going to go with far and away the best player on the board here with Devin Lloyd. Uh, it gives the Cincinnati Bengals a chess piece defensively. Um they drafted Logan Wilson last year and actually had a really good, really good rookie year considering if he's a third round linebacker, but um, I don't, I don't really have anything else at linebacker. So I think this would be a, a, a sneaky need for this team. I don't want to say it's like a, an overarching, like, Oh man, they have to get a linebacker. But if yeah. this is the board here for them, they're, they're taking him. I mean, I feel like they have to, yeah. like I said, far away the best player on the board He's a chess piece for that defense. He can do a lot. So this would be a home run pick once again for the Bengals. All right, to round out the second 
mock drafts that we have for y'all. I'm going to go with a guy that has not been taken in the first round in most mocks. Um, like Tyler Smith, you mentioned, who you had going to the Bucks. He's a guy that's been rising rather quickly. Um, he's a guy that blew away his pro day. All 32 teams were at Minnesota's pro day to witness what he had to offer. And I'm going to go with Boye Mafe, who was the edge rusher. And I think he could pay dividends for that Detroit defense. And I feel like it's just their biggest need. Um, we did not give them an edge rusher at the second overall pick. We gave them Kyle Hamilton. So they are in dire need of a pass rusher. And Mafe gives them just that. Um, had pretty good numbers at Minnesota, but he's a great pick for them. And I feel like he will be better for them over some other guys that were available. Yeah, I think the, the upside for Boye Mafe is crazy. The athletic profile is freakish. Um, a lot of freak athletes in this class. I mean, obviously it's the NFL, a lot of freak athletes, but there's a lot of, of athletes that kind of jump off the page to you as, as, as opposed to normally. Um, right. And I think, like you said, they have to get an edge and they didn't get one at two. So I think this is a great, great pick for them here. Um, guys shooting up boards, but for good reason. I really like him here. Um, the only notable thing I really realized from this mock draft, we have no only one quarterback going in the first round here. We do, yeah. We only have one quarterback in Malik Willis, who we had going six to the Panthers. Obviously, there will probably be more than one quarterback, but because we couldn't trade, that's kind of how the board falls for teams in that it doesn't make sense to take a quarterback at the spot they're picking. Now, a team like Pittsburgh, who's been linked to Willis, could always trade up and take him. Um, but they do have Trubisky, and that's why we gave them Zion Johnson at their pick, just because the quarterback didn't make sense for their, for them at that point when they were picking at 20 with the way the board fell. So that's why we only had one quarterback going in this mock draft. Yeah, I think the other thing to realize, too, is the quarterback for agent market hasn't settled yet either, which I think is a big one. Um, right. You know, we don't know what Carolina's going to do at quarterback. We don't know what Seattle's going to do at quarterback. Baker doesn't have a home yet. Um, you know, the Falcons signed Marcus Mariota. Don't know what they're going to do there. Um, so I think there's a lot to do here for free agent quarterbacks before we kind of get an idea of who could take quarterback in the first round outside of teams that may need one in the future. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any super other big surprises. I guess Devontae Wyatt and again, Jahan Dotson, not a first rounder for us. Um, I happen to like George Pickens more than him. I don't know about you, but um, and those two guys, again, Devontae Wyatt, it just IDLs fall. I mean, Barmore, like Christian Barmore out of Alabama last year was supposed to be a first rounder and he got drafted in the, in the mid forties by, pardon me, by New England. So IDLs tend to fall. Um, I think he'd go fairly early in the second round should he fall out of the first. But uh, again, not a ton of surprises here. Really only a couple guys who were, who snuck into this first round for us. But, um, yeah, I think, I think fairly accurate. Again, the picture is going to clear up even more. It cleared up a lot from free agency, but we should see it clear up a little bit more. As closer we get to the draft, with this quarterback market clears up a little bit. I think uh, I think it's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, I'm, I don't have any other final thoughts. I've kind of gotten all that out there. Britt, you got anything else for us to run off today? Uh, I don't think so. Just make sure you all – Follow us uh, at Cold Seat Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, thank you all for keep listening. 
we got our fourth episode and it's fourth episode already um, coming out this Thursday for y'all at 6 p.m. Central. So make sure you tune in uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts and we'll have this mock up for y'all as we release mocks every Monday night. So every three, four days, you got something to listen to coming from us. And we just love doing this for y'all, giving us our opinions, whether you listen or not consistently. Um, it's just something we love doing and we appreciate y'all for the support. So um, stay tuning in and we'll get y'all the latest news from the NFL, NBA, wherever you want to hear it. So uh, that's all we got for y'all today. Thanks for listening and we'll see y'all Thursday. See you guys later.